Hey guys, Andrew Dowling here and Mitch Kurtz. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. Make sure to hit like and subscribe because we've got heaps more content coming out and it's really fun and great and we love it all. Also very good. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dowling. I've got another co-host with me as always, Mitch Kurtz. How are you doing, Mitch? Yeah, good, thanks. Pretty excited about this one. Um, we've got a return guest uh, that's come back to, to tag on to the discussion, but we're here tonight to chat with uh, Ben Smith-Wade from Grove Clinics, the product manager there, and a special appearance by former guest Dolly Shukla. Dolly and Ben, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Great to be ben, here. I might start with you. Um, we were talking before we got started just about how crazy this industry is in terms of lots of uh, people from many different backgrounds um, and walks of life. What were you doing in a previous life before you found yourself to be the product manager at a cannabis clinic? So my, um, my previous life was uh, agency side marketing. Um, oh. And I guess... <clears throat> Sort of what I was looking for at the time was a little bit more experience in, um, you know, an industry with a bit more regulation. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure, Andrew, you're, you're across it, but I found absolutely. It. I, I mean, uh, marketing is effectively no regulation, um, or at least a lot of the marketing people that I meet, I'm, I'm sort of the fun police when when they throw their ideas at me, but um, also socially. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess um, I guess I worked a little bit, uh, you know, from the agency side with with Grove Health, and then um, once I was looking to to move on, and I was looking for somewhere with a bit more regulation, it just made sense to make that jump. Yeah, nice. And did you find that um, because you know it's certainly uh, a difficulty in in our industry, but a lot of rules around advertising um, of medicinal cannabis products and and services. Did you find that when you were on that agency side that you saw that at the coalface, all the different briefs that would be given to you to say, you can't say this, you can't say that? Was there a bit of yeah, that? Definitely. And there's a lot of, lot of back and forward on working out, you know, what was appropriate and what wasn't. Yeah, no, totally. Where, um, yeah, I think as an industry, people know more about that now than they did, say, three years ago when, or I think it was late 2019 when the TGA first put out advertising guidance for, yeah, for people in the medicinal cannabis industry, but um, yeah, still a little way to go. Um, I want to know, so in your current role as, as product manager, what does that um, sort of entail? Yeah. So I think it's um, generally informing the process and trying to, to hear from our patients and, and, you know, prospective patients what they're looking for and uh, I guess what their pain points might be in the process and how to make everything just as easy uh, for people that are already struggling and not introducing, I guess, any extra hurdles um, in, in the process to, to them receiving the care they need. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, you know, it's, it is one of those industries that is still emerging out of the stigma of yesteryear, if that makes sense. There's a lot of people that are, you know, finding it difficult to come to the grip of, grips with they can actually access this thing after you know the last hundred years it's been very difficult let's say um but even, even when they can access it it's just sorry to jump in there mitch it's like you still it's not like your doctor just says right i think 
I think you need this and they write the script. When we're talking about authorized prescribers, they have to go and do separate accreditation and, you know, and all those sorts of things. You have to submit to the TGA to have that doctor approved. Or if you're going under the special access scheme, it's on a per patient basis and you submit your patient approval application to the TGA. So it's, it's still, even when somebody has that light bulb moment where they go, oh, I can actually get this legally, there's still barriers there, which aren't there for other medicines. What, what, um, what are patients looking for though on your end? What, do you, what are you guys seeing on, uh, on the coalface? Yeah, I think, um, I guess a, a big part of it is, you know, the, these huge questionnaires that people have to do where, you know, they have to submit all of their identi identification information, their last four pay slips to, you know, just be able to get in with a doctor. And I think- It depends you know, on the clinic though, because there, <laughs> there, there are some clinics that just say, do you like cannabis? And if you take your yeah, <laughs> uh, prescription- yeah, you, you, Sorry to jump in there, but you see, you can't do that as per the TGA marketing uh, guideline you know, we will be breaching um, those guidelines very boldly. So, no, we can't do that, you know. So how many questions are on your questionnaire? Uh, I mean, I'd, ha I'd have to go back and check to get you the, uh, the, <laughs> the necessary information. But I think a, a core part is just sort of, um, you know, allowing people the access to, to healthcare. So getting people, you know, with minimal admin in the door to, to have the conversation with the doctor and, the nurse and work out if it's appropriate for them yeah so are you saying that you're, you're like the patients that you speak to would prefer to forego you know filling out these arduous let's say forms at the start with all this information and would prefer to just speak to somebody really is what you're kind of saying yeah to get in the door a bit more quick quickly and uh, i get they have a lot of a lot of questions and i guess some of the what we were talking about before with the the regulation can make it difficult to outside the context of a uh, I guess a, you know, an appointment with a health pro healthcare practitioner mm -hmm. to be able to get them that information. Um, yeah. So the only way to get the answers that they are looking for is to get them in the door and, and get them speaking to a to a nurse or a doctor. I guess there's there's a bit of a tension as well with some of the clinics that I've spoken to where there's a lot of information that a cannabis patient needs to to hear about. You know, so many factors, including. You know, if they're prescribed THC, what the impact would be to their driving, whether or not they need to disclose this prescription to their employer. There's a lot of questions that patients have. And I know that with some clinics, they will say, right, I'm just going to give you, you know, the bare minimum and you know, minimize that contact with the doctor to say, here's your medical based on everything that I've asked you about your particular circumstances. Here's your prescription. Um, and away you go. And hey, while you're at it, you should read these resources to learn more about um, cannabis and driving and, and, and your obligations as a patient. But then there are other clinics that, you know, really see the importance of the doctor conveying all of that information to the patient at the consultation, which of course, time is money, as we know, and, and you know, doctors, um, yeah, are, are already uh, feeling it. Do you guys have a, a view on on that at all i mean I, I guess it's a little bit of a little bit of both maybe what you were speaking to i mean i know maybe I'll, I'll let dolly speak to it a little bit but i know that our doctors will always have the the driving conversation with with patients just to make sure that that's that's really clear um yeah, yeah of course that, that's going to have a huge impact in someone's life but mm. um i think the other thing that you know 
uh, allows us to, to to work with people a little bit is people aren't always going to walk in the door knowing uh, all of the questions that they're going to need answers to or want answers to. So something that we do is in addition to you know follow up doctors appointments, we also allow people access to to pharmacists to have pharmacists and nurses to have ongoing care calls. Mm -hmm. um, so you know if they have a question, they could book in uh, book in for a chat and just ask that question without you know having to wait three weeks or or you know book in for another doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you think like because there obviously has been a huge rise in telehealth, but um, do you think are the patients split on what they prefer or like some some people I imagine would just like there would be some people I imagine that would like to just fill out a form and get on with it. But then obviously other people that would like to speak to a real person, you know, it's kind of some people just want their access and some people want, you know, guidance through the whole process. Do you, do you have any kind of thoughts on what the split might be that you see come through the door? I defer to you to that one, Dolly. Oh yeah. So um, yes, we do guess, especially with Grove um, health, um, you know, we've started this and um Patients do feel that kind of a trust issue is still there. They do feel that they want to talk to the nurse practitioners um, and get that um, information, whether it's a telehealth consultation or video. But yeah, that that's true. We I would say 70% of the patients do want to uh, really speak with the real human and then get their script done, um, et cetera. Whereas 30% um, of those, they don't really care. Uh, they just want the script done. That's it. Yeah, I think that's, that's, especially if it's something that, you know, as cannabis is generally speaking, a chronic condition. I mean, anybody who's getting regular, let's say cholesterol medicine, for example, after the, after the first few times, like just give me this, I just need my repeats doc, like, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we do get a lot of um, patients who have gone to other clinics. Um, they had bad experience um, with them and, you know, they know what they were on. They already got the referral. So they sent all the documents to us and they just want their scripts done. That's it. But the process um, at our clinic is, you know, regardless of how many consults or scripts they had in, our, um, in any other clinics, we still want them to be consulted by our doctors, nurse practitioners to decide that patient is going to um, fit the criteria for the medicinal marijuana, and then uh, we will prescribe those medicine. Obviously, we need to do the SESB applications and all those um, appropriate sure. approvals. Yeah. So, so what is it? What is a typical experience? Can you can you actually walk us through the the patient journey a little bit? Somebody comes to let's say the website, they fill in. A very short form, let's say. <laughs> it says, do you like, like cannabis? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't know if you've seen it, but that's what it says. <laughs> no. what, um, what, how does it work? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think I think that's it, right? They come in, they, you know, they fill out the details, not, not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, they're able to sort of self-select a, a time that works well for them. Um, you know, I think a, a big part of it is, you know, especially when you're talking about people with chronic health conditions, there's a lot going on. So helping them out as much as we can with the systems um, that we've built, you know, be able to send people reminder text messages and just all of that standard stuff um, so that people know when their appointment is, they feel comfortable about what's happening. Um, and, and I guess it's easy for them to, to follow through and, and get the care they need. So after that booking, then they've got their, uh, they're booking with a nurse practitioner, which they'll, you know, attend. Um, 
and you know they'll go through you know the history a little bit of an assessment if the nurse sort of deems it appropriate then they'll get the referral to their doctor and, and get booked in for that so do you use nurse practitioner separately to a doctor for prescribing mm-hmm. yep oh that's interesting that's that's i uh... I know not many other, I would say none of the other clinics are doing it. They just do uh, one consult and that's it. And even two minutes, but our consults are very thorough um, with doctors and nurse practitioners. And then we prescribe. So we're pretty strict. We're following the TGA guidelines very closely always. What's the purpose of having a nurse practitioner feed into a doctor? Helping uh, basically be preparing the file for the doctor um, and getting everything ready. So there's a, document prepared by our medical director um, that helps the doctors um, to really fast track their consultation. Um, It's like, you know, when you go to a GP, um, you know, the nurse will take your OBS, will uh, get your file ready, everything ready for the doctor so that when you go and see the doctor, you know, the consultation is faster. Doctor knows why you're actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, yeah. isn't that usually from a nurse to a doctor and the nurse practitioner actually has the capability to write that script in the first place? Um, in July, I know they can if the nurses are in Victoria um, and uh, the ah, scripts are yeah. being dispensed in Victoria. In July last year, there were some rules came out and uh, nurse practitioners could no longer uh, prescribe medicines as they were. Mm, okay yeah well i know it's yeah it's it's one of those areas that i i think if i recall it's yeah all of the state and territory poisons related legislation determines prescribing practices or powers for for nurse practitioners so yeah very interesting And, and roughly just from a i guess a patient point of view once they fill in the questionnaire do you find that they're speaking to the nurse practitioner and then the doctor pretty quickly after that have you had a lot of demand for the services like what's the current um, wait time for a patient so i mean we we try and uh, staff around that to be able to give people the appointments they want as much as possible i think generally what we're finding is that people want to either book in the same day or the day after Um, yeah so obviously there, there is demand and those those slots get filled up but um, as much as possible, we try and um, try and uh, allow some extra capacity uh, sort of around mm. around those times. Yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to touch back quickly with with the nurses, what we were talking about with people having a lot of questions. And I think there's also a lot of anxiety of, you know, is this a treatment that's going to be right for me or is it a treatment, mm. that, you know, I can even really be thinking about. And I think something that uh, having that nurse practitioner appointment lets us do is they can do that um, that initial appointment it can be bulk billed which lets them sort of come in ask the questions they have and work out if it's appropriate for them or not um, without having to you know front uh, you know 120 dollars or 80 dollars or whatever yeah. the, the cost is to, to be able to just get some of those simple questions answered well, by that's a professional uh, so the the consult is bulk billed prior to the actual cannabis consult is that what you're saying yeah yeah right. that's interesting yeah, that's um that's a novel approach. I, I think that um in what from what I understood, you could only be bulk billed in person if you had seen that. The rules are different uh, for nurse practitioners. Um, so the the MBS guideline in, is different. So it has a so the 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 claims that we do for nurse practitioners consultations are called minor phone consults. 
And uh, for that, you don't need to see a face, you don't need to do face-to-face -face consultation to be able to do Medicare claims. But um, you can't do that with GPs. You have to see a GP at least once in 12 months to be able to claim those um, to Medicare. So we're not doing that for GPs, but um, we can um, for nurse practitioners. Oh, so that would probably save people a bit of money, I'd imagine, in, in that yeah. process. So our, our clinic fees are pretty reasonable as well. Um, you know, we do have a lot of discounts for the um, the uh, elderly patients, um, kids under 16, um, you know, also um, uh, healthcare car holders, um, pensioners, et cetera, as well. So the prescriber consultation fee is only... Um, for those categories, $49, and for other patients, it's $79. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's that's quite affordable. Um, that's great. Actually, yeah. I was just interested, um, just something you were touching on before about, I think you raised it, Mitch, around the split of, you know, who are the patients that are experienced cannabis users that don't maybe require as much triage and hand-holding versus mm. the rest? Um, you know, I've been sort of hearing more and more about this idea people have that, you know, there's there's so many recreational users that are accessing cannabis through the, the medical framework. Mm. Um, but I think there's still key to remember that, you know, a lot of people who are accessing cannabis illegally on the black market are doing so because they just can't afford um you know, they, they, they actually can't afford their medicine. So they might be growing their own plants or, or something like this. I mean, do you guys have a view about, about any of that? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, we can't stop them uh, what they're doing. Obviously, you know, we're not cops, we're um, professional people. And, um, the, you know, the formulation, I think the last time also I spoke about this formulation of um uh, you know, getting it, um, so formulation of what patients get from clinics is completely different than what they get from the black market. Um, mm. If they are only using it for recreational purposes, obviously, you know, it serves the purpose, but if you want to use for medical purposes, it's not going to give them the same sort of uh, benefits that they would get from the um, you know, real uh, medicinal marijuana products that doctors are going to prescribe because formulation is completely different um yeah it, it is uh, well I'm, I was going to ask actually when you touched on that is your do you find that from your clinic because uh, people talk about how there's now probably of the legal prescriptions in in Australia there's something like 50 percent of them at a minimum would be for dried flower products are you still working predominantly with oil formulations or do you work with flour as well? What, what would be, I guess, a breakdown for your clinic? Um, a bit of both, obviously, um, you mm. know. So, um, again, it comes down to the doctors um, consulting with the patient and what they think would um, best um, suit the patient as per their condition. Um, but yeah, we do have, like you said earlier that, you know, we do get a lot of patients asking uh, for flower products. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we don't just prescribe what patients are asking for then. Otherwise, you know, we, we're not medicinal uh, marijuana clinics. Mm -hmm. right? we're just the, 
warehouse selling marijuana. <laughs> Which I'm sure there's people that like that. But um, on the flip side, is is there there will I mean, be... we won't we won't disclose the address of details. <laughs> there, there, I imagine that though it would be somewhat of you know a consultative process where the the doctor you know for people who are more experienced, let's say with taking you know, cannabis products. I, I I do know that there are doctors out there that that have a they don't just do what the patient wants, but they do have a consultative process where they say, you know, is this working for you? Do you need to switch to a different type of product? Do you not like that particular strain or do you want to try something like this? Do, does, does that occur, do you think? Yeah, the- yeah it does come, um, you know, obviously doctors do start from low dose, um, mostly CBD oil, but those patients who have been um especially veterans, um, you know, uh, if those patients have been on flower, you don't want to switch to something else um, straight away because, you know, they are going through already too much and then changing into their medications without discussing with them and them agreeing with, without agreeing with them, I, I guess it's not going to work in anyone's favor. So yes, we do get a lot, um, you know, um, only, um, after having consultation with the patient, when patient is saying that no, it's not working, I'm getting, um, it's not working at all. Um, can you give me something different or maybe something higher dose? So yes, it does. Yeah, interesting. Well, what, I'm just curious as well. Just um, you guys being based up in in Sydney, um, I think New South Wales, and this is not just me um, throwing mud across the border um, from Victoria, but I think New South Wales has been a little bit um i guess less i don't know it's i wouldn't necessarily describe other states as cannabis friendly jurisdictions but the regulations in new south wales can from you know from a glance seem quite strict i mean for your patients uh i guess you know schedule eight permits is that still a thing up in new south wales that doctors need a separate state-based schedule eight permit or is that that's okay. all uh, approval yes it is still a thing yep okay yeah and, and i mean i know that the um, queensland people... is the easiest i think the rules in queensland are so easy yeah well all the politicians up there have been taking <laughs> this for we, years so i would say 60 percent of our patients are from you know uh, yeah 60 percent of our patients uh, i would say more yeah yeah exactly and that's so it's, it's just really interesting i know that um you know people that i know in the industry who have sought to get even a, a license to supply cannabis from New South Wales, setting up one of these um, mm. yeah, fancy warehouses of the kind that you guys would be all too familiar with. Um, they've, they've had uh, <laughs> any number of challenges because the New South Wales Department of Health basically requires you to submit, you know, no fewer than 1,900 separate documents and forms. And it's just like, what the hell is is going on up in New South Wales? It's, there's so many barriers. It's yeah. it's more prohibitive than the other states. I mean, Victoria yeah. is pretty green well, light, so to speak. It is. I, I was just yeah, just as I guess as as a you know people involved in in a business up there. How do you guys find it? Are you thinking about relocating to Victoria or Queensland, or are you staying put in New South Wales for now? We're happy here. Yeah, <laughs> staying put. I mean, I guess one of the interesting things is. Uh, more on the, the the patient side and some of the uh, proposed legislation that I guess is coming out of Victoria is, is really interesting in terms of the, the driving reforms. I'm not sure if you 
I've heard much about that, but I've just been haven't haven't had a chance to dive into it properly. But it's um yeah, it's looking like a, a positive change. So hopefully, oh, is, that, is that up in in New South Wales? No, that's um that's Victoria. Oh, Victoria. Right. Yes, no, we 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 are keeping keeping abreast of that. But I know that there's a former magistrate up in in New South Wales. We should actually maybe try and get him on the the podcast, David Helpern, who's been leading the drive change campaign. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I know that, but then, you know, conversely, um, there was recently the, um, the uh, why have I blanked on the name of that festival that was on in early May, Mitch, up in Nimbin? Mardi Gras, is it? Mardi Gras, yeah. Yeah. Mardi Gras. But, you know, New South Wales police stopping every single vehicle going in and out of, of that particular event. So... I mean, it's look, it's strict everywhere, but um, but I certainly um, would love to see the New South Wales Department of Health and the, the police up there just relax a little bit. So, um, but yeah. So, and what's what's next for you guys? So, for the next kind of twelve months, are you just growing the clinic? Have you got more and more doctors um, onboarding to um, to work work with you guys? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think. Um so sort of speaking to, to, to what we were a little bit earlier about um, removing some of the pain points and making the process as simple as possible and as intuitive for the patients going through it. Mm. Um, I can't speak to it too much, but we've got some, some exciting things coming. So mm. I think that's sort of what we're doing. I guess there's well, one part of it is uh, we want to make it as, as easy as possible um, and have an innovative process, but we also need to make sure we're looking after the patients um, that you know we've already got in our in our care and making sure we deliver them a, a process that's that's good for them. Yeah, great, excellent. Um, Mitch, any last questions from yourself before we let these two get back to their Monday night? <laughs> no, we'll just book Dolly in for the third one in a few months. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like D- Dolly will just gate crash the next one. Um, <laughs> that's her vibe. I feel it. It's, it's great. We're, we're all we're all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thank you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Love, love the work that you guys are doing um, and, you know, anything to remove pain points for patients obviously resonates with us, but also more broadly our alt med audience. So thanks for taking the time to come on and, and talk to us about all that. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks guys. All right. When we're next up in Sydney, we'll, um, we'll pay a visit. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Let's catch up. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. It's Andrew Dowling here and Mitch Kurtz. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Altmed Podcast. Make sure to hit like and subscribe because we have way more content coming out. And you got to stay up to date with it. It was good until you did that. Okay. Sorry.